Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the In Doubt Show. Uh, we got a fantastic show today. Um, I'm just happy to be in the room with you guys today. And so, uh, Chris, how are you doing? You're not in the room with us. I am 100% in this room. You are literally frozen. Feels like a really bad dream. Moving on. We have third. We have a third chair guest, uh, one of our favorites. So when you hear this music... It's Ginny of the Land. You know him, you love him, the man, the myth, the legend, the man with 200 voices. We have Marcus Miller in the house. Marcus, you look fantastic today. Thank you. What's you going look, on? You're just losing your mind, man. I'm here, Marcus, you look fantastic. Exactly how he always looks. I'm here in the room, physically here. You're not in the room. Marcus is, in fact, sitting next to me with a bag on his head. Today's episode is going to look a lot different. Andrew is not here. He is at home sick, but he's still going to have a great interview with Scott Tolhurst. And Marcus is in fact here with the bag over his head because he shaved his mustache and he's ashamed. Enjoy the episode. Testing, testing. Hello, is this on? Hello, hello. One, two. Hey, we're good. Awesome. Okay, this is working. This is a little bit different, uh, but uh, I'm excited to be here today as we get to interview uh, a good friend of mine, Scott Tolhurst. Uh, he is uh, right over here. He's sitting right here. How it's are you, buddy? Good to be with you. I'm doing well. It's good to see you, Andrew. This is a little bit see different because I'm yeah, actually... Yeah, I'm... I'm you know, it's a little bit, uh, I'm supposed to be there, but, um, yeah, the camera usually adds 10 pounds, but thank you. <laughs> no <laughs> That's <problem>. hilarious. <laughs> uh, but how are you doing today? I'm well, I'm doing good. Awesome, man. Um, so tell us a little bit about your journey. We're talking today about head and heart and this idea of being, you know, theologically astute and being well-versed in the scriptures, but also, um, having a heart, a personal relationship, uh, you know, the secret place, spending quality time with God. And uh, we see that sometimes people usually, you know, steer to the right or to the left and get immersed in one or the other. So tell us a little bit about your story, because I know you've felt this being in pastoral ministry for many years. Sure. Uh, story. I mean, it's a big story, Andrew, so I'm not sure. Let me give you the bones of it. Uh, I've been a pastor for about 47 years, uh, married for about the same amount of time, uh, two kids, grown, and five grandkids, born and raised in Ontario, and started to uh, move west, spent a decade in Alberta, a little bit of time in Saskatchewan, and finally saw the light and came to BC. <laughs> and all those... Amazing. Yeah, no, yeah it was a, a, the one bright day I saw the light and came to BC. <laughs> uh, all those moves were pastoral, so I've served mm-hmm. various churches and various congregations. The story of where I served and how long I served and so on, it really doesn't matter as much as the internal story is, which m- matters. That's what we're after, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Okay. Yeah, tell me, because I know you, we talked about this for a brief moment as we were planning today's episode. Just you've experienced, um, you know, the head and heart in an interesting, you know, God's put you through an interesting journey. Maybe walk through a little bit about what your story is in the area of, you know, theological, like theological background and studying and your quiet time with God? Uh, I think my story has resonance with a lot of other stories 
uh, particularly mm. those who give themselves in ministry. I mean, when I began ministry, all I wanted to do was to do it and do it well. So it felt like there's uh, so much to learn, both biblically, like what do I preach on and how do I teach and what are the questions people are asking. Uh, there's a whole lot to learn when it comes to institutional function of a church. How do you lead a congregation? How do you serve with a board of volunteers? So it mm. felt like I'm on a straight line, uphill learning curve to try and figure this out. And so probably because there was so much to learn, man, I just entered into ministry headfirst and just mm. jammed so much of what I thought I needed to know and had skills I had to shape. Uh, it, it was really going through ministry headfirst. Mm-hmm. There came a time, and it took a number of years, Andrew. There came a time that I started to sense that there was something out of step, that I, I knew the sermons, I knew the text, I knew how to lead a board meeting and, and so on. It, but it was starting just to feel dry. And I remember mm-hmm. asking God, to, to tell the truth, I went to bed one night, I was crying, and just feeling that, uh, Lord... <clears throat> Thank you for giving me a head that works, works fairly fast and uh, good with words and all that. But I felt the well inside was not as deep as I wanted it to be. And to be frank with you, that was not only something that was affecting me in ministry, in doing ministry. Uh, those who love me, around me, they'd say the same thing. Uh, that sort mm. of rationalized way of living was affecting my marriage and so I started to examine those things. And in tears, I asked God to make mm. a difference. I asked him to change me. Uh, mm. He started to. Uh, I, I would be lying to you if I said it was instant. But I noticed over the years, there was a more of a, a sensitivity to the Spirit. There was an increased awareness of what the feelings were within me. The, the internals of my life started to take the steering wheel of my life. And I was grateful for that. It was much better. Uh, and then it all fell apart. And then everything just crashed. Uh, there was a time, and if you want to know more about it, I can give you the details. But there was a time when I went through a deep depression. I went through burnout. And it felt mm. like the ground that God had given to me, and the progress that was made, it just came to a stop. And it was just done. Uh, it was a dark time. It wasn't fun. Now, with hindsight, I look back and realize what God was doing is he just said, uh, uh, Scott, you've learned the beginning steps of an internalized life, but now we're going to go deeper. And he did. And that was just a well, reawakening for me uh, in which the matters of the heart became fundamental. They were always there, but they came fundamental hmm. to me. Wow. What, what was your age when you had the burnout and just everything came crashing down? Do you remember? About 47, 46, 47. Okay. There were some external things. We had job change yeah. and there were some things that weren't happening in my life that I thought they, they needed to. So God used uh, the expectations mm. that I had that were crumbling. Those became opportunities for the Spirit of God to say, look, there's things inside that need to be addressed. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, so I was about 46, 47. I, <clears throat> I don't like to think of it this way, but uh, people talk about a midlife crisis. Hmm. It's, it's not a stereotypical thing. It's true. There comes a time yeah. in many people's lives, and certainly in mine, where we begin to look at, I've done all the right things, I think, and the externals are in their place, but what's happening inside? Uh, yeah. A time to begin to realize that the things and the tools and the pathways that I walk to establish identity and get an education and to build a career, all those things that I used to manage the first half of my life were not mm. sufficient to manage the second half. And so God had to give me some new tools, and they were internal. Wow. Wow. And so it's just a good, it's a good conversation to have. You know, I, I talk to a lot of young people who have burnt out, are in the middle of burnout, yeah. or they're on that trajectory where they're focused so much on head and career and theology and different things, and it's go, go, go. And they eventually have that crash or going towards that crash where God forces you to learn new tools. Yeah. And so that's clearly in your story. That was in my story last year. I know a lot of young people who watch are trying to discern what to do. And, you know, like you were saying, there's other things happening in your life with job changes, et cetera. <clears throat> with all the unknowns happening, it's, it's easy for people to get to this state these days. Sure. And to be frank, in, in my opinion, just my opinion, uh, many church environments, even the larger evangelical culture, mm feed into an externalized life. Performance, what I know and what yeah. I do matter. And so the yeah. more I know yeah. and the more I do, then I get more applause. I get better uh, response or yeah. effectiveness, I think. Yeah. But eventually it comes to a place to recognize that there is more than just knowing and doing. Now it's the, the being yeah. part of me. How do I be the person that God wants me to be? Man, it's so good. And I feel like this last year I've almost learned that all over again. Just the matter of just being. Yeah. Um, and that I'm accepted by God and loved by God without doing. Yeah. I mean, I do because I love and I want to, but I feel like you're right. You have to have a perspective shift of, okay, I don't have to do to be accepted or get the applause. I could just be and I'll be loved and accepted. And um, I find you're right in ministry. It's so easy to um, get so caught up in the doing. It's, I agree with you. Go ahead. I just wanted to add a qualification. When I say, mm -hmm. you know, the part of being, and I, uh, I agree with you saying, you know, there are times just to be, that's important. Mm -hmm. But of course, neither you or I are simply talking about being still or taking a mm -hmm. rest or being quiet in a room. When I talk about being, I'm talking about being mm -hmm. with Jesus. That is, yeah, it's not a solo absolutely. activity. It's how yeah. can I be with the God who loves me? How can I open myself up to the one who is present within yeah. me? How can I be with Jesus? That's what matters. Yeah. So it, we're not simply talking yeah. about the benefits of relaxation, which are beneficial, or the need to calm down and take a vacation. We're not talking about yeah. workaholism as much as yeah. how do I learn how to be with Jesus who is with me all the time. And so walk us through a little bit then, because I agree with you fully, and mm -hmm. you're right. It's about being with Jesus, um, not just taking time off. Uh, what did that look like in your life, in your story, mm -hmm. as you started to realize, maybe from this crash, 
oh man, I need new tools. And you kind of had to maybe a, a reframe your ministry life and um, your personal walk with God. Sure. Uh, I would rather it had been a time where I look at my life and I reframe it and reorder as if I knew what I was doing. I didn't. I crashed hmm. and I came to a yeah. halt. And uh, there were times, many times, uh, I'd go up to the church balcony and I'd sit up there just by myself and I'd try to pray, but I couldn't. I was just wordless hmm. and uh, just sitting. Uh, I thought that was a problem. I thought, you know, something's, something's wrong here. I got to fix this so that I can actually put words again and actually get back to doing hmm. the things that I believe I should be doing pastorally. Uh, I was directed to somebody, and he, he helped. We had lots of conversations, a spiritual director. And he, uh, one of the stunning things that he did for me is that he affirmed my wordless presence with God as something that's a good thing. And mm. I began to explore that f much further. That is, to be present with God without having a prayer list agenda. I still had the list, and I still praised and petitioned and blessed the missionaries type thing. But there came a place in my prayers where silence with God, recognizing his presence, you are here, and I'm here with you, and opening myself up to, God, what is it you want to say to me? What is it you want to give to mm. me? What is it you want to do for me? Yeah, That became yeah. fundamental. That uh, addition to my prayers, uh, the addition of silence and times of silence mm. added to the times that I would uh, express my heart and petition before God, that became fundamental to my prayers. More so, mm. uh, to be frank with you, Andrew, it started to change me. I just changed. Uh, it wow. started to address some of my fears. It started to address the sense of whole, uh, a longing inside that wasn't being addressed. Uh, I found that God was closer to me and that he loved me in times of the silence that I had never found in times of the activity or the, the mm. wordiness of my faith. So I, I began to spend time with science. And what I mean by that is uh, I'd read a scripture or a psalm, and then I'd just sit and sit, usually for about 20 mm. minutes, and just sit mm. for 20, 30 minutes. And sometimes I, I sensed uh, direction from God or affirmation that was in tune with the scriptures, uh, sometimes nothing. But uh, that didn't matter to me. It wasn't matter that God be productive for me or I be productive mm -hmm. for him, but rather just to be with him. So that time yeah. of being still, dedicated, available, taking the posture of being present for God became fundamental to me. It's amazing, man. What an amazing testimony and, and a good reminder for us. And so we talk about head, we talk about theology, we talk about heart yeah. and just being with God. And of course, they're both important. I mean, even you mentioned you meditate on a scripture, then you wait for 20 minutes. So obviously, you're still anchored in the word. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of people and I'd be curious to hear what you say. But um, I hear a lot of people who talk about, you know, well, I don't I don't read theology or I'm not I'm not into theology. I just I just <clears throat> love Jesus and I want to be with Jesus. Um, there's obviously some dangers to that. Um, maybe walk through um, what the dangers could be and what a balance looks like. Yeah. 
To try and build or receive or practice a relationship with God apart from the scriptures is nothing but foolish. Now it's me making my story up for God. Now it's me developing something that, crafting something that I think is God-like within me. It's self-manufactured. We are scripturally dependent. The truth of God is fundamental to us. Uh, I only know God because he's revealed himself to me in Christ in his word, and the teaching of the scriptures, the spirit of God who is present within me and you and all believers is leading us to the truth of God, which is revealed in the scriptures. So anyone that says, I can take my Bible and set it aside and just have this emotive uh, relationship with God, uh, that, what they're creating is their own relationship. It's not a relationship with God. And that, that for me, is a real mm-hmm. danger. So no... Uh, mm-hmm. Bodies need bones. <laughs> We're not making emotion without yeah. it. Uh, we need the fundamentals, yeah. the strength, the girding of truth yeah. so that we can begin this relationship. My, my issue, my concern, critique as it were, I love the church and I serve the church and I will continue to. In my hmm. church context, as I said earlier or suggested, there's been the prevalence of saying, okay, what matters is I got to teach you something to know. And we pass on this information like data transfer of mm. biblical tra- transfer, and it's necessary. And then we give somebody something to do, your missional, you know, Sunday school teaching mm. manual, go out short-term mission. Mm. But we have very little thought about becoming virtues. How does the life of Jesus within me, that Galatians... Uh, Longing for Paul says, I'm working, striving, praying that Jesus Christ will be formed in you. How is Christ formed in me? So the time that I spend with God is opportunity, I pray, God, just give me your life. It is not, uh, you ask about the, the balance between theology and experience, uh, a priority of which one. Well, so you go on, you're flying someplace and you get on the airplane yeah. and the pilot comes over the PA system and says, okay, we're going to take a vote. Which of you want to prioritize the left wing? Which of you want to prioritize the right wing? We'll put it to a vote. Mm. Well, I'm pretty sure that the, the wise people are going to say, can we have both, please? It's not a matter of either or. Do I, am I theologically informed and do I experience the truth that has informed me? Yeah. We want both. Yeah. And I, yeah. I've said it to you before. Uh, I came to a place where I began to cry out in prayer saying, I want what I know of Jesus to be my experience with Jesus. And what I'm saying mm. is I want the truth that I believe to become something yeah. that is alive in me and practical. And uh, God has been gracious to answer that. Well, I mean, that picture of just being on a plane, that's perfect. Um, we need both equally. Yeah. And I, I find uh, I've been to a lot of places or churches or have a lot of friends who are in pastoral ministry who heavily lean on one or the other. Yeah. Um, and man, it gets, it gets dangerous. And I recognize along with you that you know, there are other factors come into this. Personality is one. There are more, mm-hmm. uh, a personality, one type of personality may lean one way more 
academic, theologically, or the other, more give me a hug and let me tell you how I feel about life. Yeah. So personality yeah. is one issue, but the seasons of life is another. There are seasons in our life when I need to be educated. God, give me your word. I don't know what to do. Teach me who you are. Mm. And there are mm. seasons of life where I need more a sense of your presence with me in authentic ways. It, it's not mm. a choice of one or the other, but both. My concern is, and again, I'm offering you a critique, I think that we often fail in church. We do so much teaching, which is fundamental and necessary, but forget that the teaching is for a purpose. It is to lead people to a relationship with Christ. In other words, it is our theology yeah. that's supposed to lead towards the experience. And if all we're doing yeah. is uh, giving people the, the information about Christ without teaching them how to have that informed experience with Christ, then we're yeah. failing. Uh, yeah. The illustration I've used many times, and you, you've heard it from me before, is it's like, uh, it's like teaching people music. Okay, here are the notes. Here's the key signature. Here, here's the uh, bass clef, treble clef. We're going to teach them all the music theory possible, and it's necessary. Mm -hmm. But then we don't teach them how to make music. Take all that they know mm -hmm. and enjoy the beauty of the song which the purpose yeah. of the notes. Uh, so yeah. when we talk about either or, no, we need both. But the fundamental command of Christ is to love God, to love Him. Mm -hmm. And that more than just a sentiment is a relational connection with God. So all the truth that I learn from God being taught by the Spirit, biblically, is to lead me mm -hmm. to a relationship with God. So, uh, That's so good. If, That's somebody, so good man. if somebody is theologically bent and saying, well, this is what matters, I will wholeheartedly, of course that matters. That's fundamental. Mm. But you haven't gone far enough yet if all we have yeah. is a full head and an empty heart. Yeah, and so, I mean, what are some, it's, I don't know if this is a right question to ask, but I mean, how, how does one... Transition How could you from ask a bad question, head Andrew? to heart. Okay, you heard uh, it here, folks. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, tell us, tell us a little bit about just um, you know the practicalities. I mean, I know like what you're saying, you know, deep understanding and deep th theology yeah. technically should enhance our time with God and that experience, that personal relationship with Him. Um, wh what's the barriers that stop people? Okay, uh, let me go through some barriers that stop me. First, it really has to be a desire. That is, I hmm. got to want to know God's authentic relationship with me and mine with Him. Uh, hmm. Quite frankly, it's easy for me to substitute what I know and what I do for being with God. That's, it's just too easy. I have a sense of... Hmm. If I stay in the realm of my information, what I know about God, the scriptures and church and so on, that gives me a measure of control. I feel very comfortable debating, preaching, uh, studying, reading. That gives me an area where I feel both competent and familiar for me. But God wants to take me 
deeper. And sometimes if I don't want to go deeper to the heart issues, I just stay where I feel safe, stay where I think that I have a measure of control. So I've got to want it to uh, press on to that. And that desire is going to be evident in my patterns. If I want the presence of God, if I want to experience the Spirit of God who is ushering Jesus to me and me to Jesus, then I should be spending time. So I find the daily discipline. I personally need to be quiet with God consistently and still with God. Mm. So the mornings, mm. well, it doesn't matter when you do it, but uh, the morning after coffee and toast and the room is dark and the dog sits on my lap, I open up my, uh, right, right now I use the Book of Common Prayer and I go through the daily prayers and the readings I read a portion of scripture and I sit with God. I find I need that. Mm -hmm. When I don't do that, I find I revert back to the places that didn't give me as much life. The being, wow. uh, the doing and the knowing type stuff. My mm -hmm. spiritual life becomes dry, dusty when I don't spend time with God. Mm. So some of the barriers, do I want it? Do I want for it more than I want my safe place, my level of comfort, my f places of control? Do I want it enough so that I am persistent and consistent? Consistency matters. It just does. Mm. Uh, yeah. Being consistent with God. Am I willing to let God lead my relationship with Him instead of just me thinking that I am here in charge? Uh, that's fundamental. The spiritual mm -hmm. life is the life of Jesus. He gives it to us. Yeah. He doesn't. I can't yeah. manufacture it. He gives it to me. So I, I need yeah. to remember that and just release Jesus. Whatever you want to say, I want to hear. Whatever you want to do, can, consider me your obedient servant uh, mm. to let God be the, the one who is the giver of all good things and grace in my life. Praise God. That's so good, man. So Book of Common Prayer, that's a great uh, that's a great resource. We can leave uh, we'll leave you guys a little resource of a download link where you could buy it because that's a that's a great one to have. But I love that you talk about consistency. Yeah. Uh, what, when I talk the Book of Common Prayer, if we're doing a commercial here, I use the app. So the app's on my phone. Oh, you use so, the app, okay. Yeah, I got yeah. the app. You can download the app. Uh, so I got it and so every day the the prayers of confession uh, mm. forgive me for those things that I have done which I should not have done and done those things which I ought to have done and Father without your grace there's no health within us um, so the the prayers and the scriptures are all lined up for you day by day in the app yeah that's fantastic I was actually surprised that when you talked about um, having your toast and your coffee uh, you didn't mention uh, Honey from the Rock. Oh, well. A little shout-out. Yeah, a little thing. Thank um, you. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we polished that bad boy off. I should have got to a few jars, I'll, a few I'll, more jars before I'll they're gone. I'll tell the bees to get busy for you for next season. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, this has been so helpful, Scott. I do truly wish that I was with you in person. I feel bad that I'm not there, but um, this is so great. Here's a, a question for you. Um, what would you consider are some of the potential pitfalls um, when someone prioritizes uh, theology or prioritizes personal relationship? Uh, I think it's true. My own observation, 
Human nature, we loved to swing from one side of the pendulum to the other. Balance is not one of our strengths. We tend to mm. move from error to another error. So if we're in an experience or our, our Christian heritage is that we feel that we have emphasized everything about head, it's all about from the ears up type stuff, mm. there can be a tendency for us to f- swing to a far extreme and disregard our our teaching, our, our thought, and emphasize heart. And by that I mean uh, the relationship, our feelings, how are you feeling today? Is Jesus close? Well, quite frankly, if the proximity of Jesus to me was dependent upon how I felt about his proximity, I'd be orphaned day after day. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. I love British Columbia because the sun always shines in BC, right? That's not true, but yes. <laughs> oh, actually, it is true, and that's the issue. Well, because you're you're on the island, man. No, no. What I'm saying, the sun is always shining in British Columbia. There are times when we have clouds come by and we don't see it. We get rain and drizzle. Okay. But okay. It, it's always uh, yep. shining, and, and that's right. my spiritual life. Jesus, are wow. you with me? Of course, He is. Hmm. But yeah. the fact that he is present doesn't necessarily mean that the experience, my experience of him being present to me yeah. is warm and gentle. Sometimes it's cold or distant. He hasn't moved, but this mm-hmm. is the way I feel. So what I'm trying to suggest is one of the dangers of emphasizing my experience with God is now I use my own perception, my own feelings, my own evaluations as a criteria for, am I loved? Is he close? Am I doing what's right? Should I do this? And uh, we create our relationship. It's manufactured by us. Mm. And that's never healthy, uh, because we don't do a good job at that. We receive the life of Christ. We don't manufacture it. So there is a danger for us to diminish the truth and emphasize our experience and our experience is not the ultimate concern. Yeah. There's the danger, likewise, that when we emphasize our experience, it's real easy for us to become competitive. Oh, I was cut up to the third heaven, Paul said. And next thing I says, I was cut mm. up to the fourth heaven. What about the fifth, the sixth? Now we start getting into this comparison <laughs> yeah. that I am more righteous or God is more present to me because I've had a, a more deeper, excuse me, a deeper or more powerful experience with Christ. That's what I perceive. Mm. Oh, that's, that's just, again, us taking something that is a gift from God and abusing it. And the fact is, well, you know this, we can abuse anything. I, mm. I talk with people who... Uh, Say, oh, I don't want any warm fuzzies. Don't get me these. I'm not really interested in building a relationship that's emotive with Christ because they see that abused in others. Well, Hmm. agree, we can abuse anything, but the fact that it's abused by some doesn't mean that it's denied for all. God has something for us. The most fundamental thing I know is that God comes and lives in us. He is in us. The Spirit of God comes and brings Jesus to us. I determined some time ago that I didn't want to wait to heaven to have that recognition or experience of God in me. So if he's in me now, how do I I live? How do I perceive? How do I uh, receive the grace of his presence and aware of it? 
just day by day. That's so good, man. That's so good. And I feel like you're right. If we cling on to our experiences, I mean, I've heard a lot of young people say, oh, you know, the worship set wasn't that good. I didn't really feel yeah. God's presence. It's like, wow. Okay. Well, you know, I loved your analogy. I thought you were just being a typical weatherman and you were wrong. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, but you know, that was a great, that was just a great analogy because that's the reality that he's just always there. The he's sun always is shining. always shining. I, always I shining. love that so much. Uh, my task as a yeah. Christian, I think, is to be claimed by faith his presence, which is true and near, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and live by that faith. I may feel really rotten right now. I may feel that God is far away. I don't think he loves me. No, none of mm. that's true. Whether I perceive it internally or not at this moment isn't the issue. I live by faith. Yeah. And faith in the truth that God is present. And living that faith becomes my experience of faith. Yeah. I begin to perceive yeah. that he is present. Yeah, it's so good. So, so what about pitfalls in the area of too much theology and putting the heart and intimacy with God away? I, w- I wind, um, I, I'm speaking from my own experience. I wind mm-hmm. up being a, well, a machine that is meant to function and functions well and then burns out. Uh, hmm. Because we are supposed to, Proverbs, take all this truth and put it in your heart. And the very next verse says, now guard your heart. So it's not either or. The truth of what God has said is something that we hold on to, and we do put it in our heart. But we better watch over our heart, because it's our heart that the issues of life come from. So the dangers of having an overemphasized, excuse me, I'll put it differently, the dangers of, see, of trying to manufacture a Christian life that is strictly theological without a, an experience with Christ, I think the dangers of that, it becomes a dry desert, is not ultimately mm. satisfying. I mean, if I came to my wife and I said, Dear, I have read this book on marriage, and I wanted to let you know you can ask me any question about this book, and I'll be able to give you an answer. And I, I'm going to study this book and keep sure that every day I read something about marriage. But I don't hug her. I don't talk with her. I don't have an experience with her. How is that a, a fulfilling relationship? It's not. So mm. the dangers mm. can become dry. It can become puffed yeah. up and arrogant. When my head, yeah. I think I know the right answers. And uh, the danger of thinking believing that I know all the answers and my answers are absolutely right on everything, uh, that can lead to a puffed up, uh, arrogant, self-righteous lifestyle. Yeah. And a third thing, man, when it comes to evangelism, when it comes to presenting the gospel of Christ and speaking the love of God, I want to be able to communicate the truth of Jesus the theology of he is God's son who gave his life and that he offers to us a forgiveness, a transformation, and we just believe and trust him. God offers that to us because he's been raised from the dead. He's alive. In speaking the truth about Jesus to those who do not know Jesus, 
oh, please, may they catch a whiff of authenticity. If they see that I've got the answers, but I don't have any sort of Hmm. reflection of the life of God, how is that winning? How is that uh, drawing to Christ? It is both the truth and the aroma of the truth Hmm. that draws people to Christ. So good. That's so good, man. And I feel like, um, you know, one last question here. Um, You know, people here, I mean, a lot of Christians might have heard the term the secret place. But I really feel like the aroma comes from the secret place. Could you maybe define, uh, you know, what the secret place is and what, you know, maybe give people an inside of what that is in your life? I know you mentioned the coffee and the toast and the word, but I do honestly feel like, you know, spending time with quality time. Like I know my mom, for example, she has a prayer closet. She goes in there and she just doesn't come out for a long time. And she just reads, she's in the word, she's on her knees, she's praying. Um, and that overflows into everything, you know, she's an accountant, but you know, her boardroom is, I always call it like a, a church because she's always praying for a client or whatever the case is. And so the secret place, talk about the significance of what it is, the significance of how that actually is connected to the aroma. If by secret place you're asking what are the uh, tangibles about how I spend time with God, well, we've already touched some Mm. of that. It's I got this chair and I got this dog and I got this toast and I got this coffee. And uh, it's kind of a daily thing. Added to that, uh, we live in some of the best places of BC. We live on Vancouver Island. I love to walk through the mm-hmm. forest, and it's, it's enriching for me. But if I could push your question, for me, the secret place gets defined far more intimately. It is it's in the depth of my soul. Some place mm-hmm. within me that I don't even see well. Some place within wow. me that is so deep I may not even be aware of its function. I think we are layered as embodied souls and that there's within us a dwelling place of God. There's a deep that cries out to deep. That's the secret Hmm. place. And my confidence is that, remember Jesus prays in John 17, uh, he prays to the Father that, Uh, not only we as Christians will be one with each other, but he very specifically says that they are one with me, them and me and I and you and all of us and God. There's this union with Christ that sounds very mystical, because it is, sounds very uh, hard to define, because it is, but the fundamental truth of Scripture is when we come to Christ, Jesus comes and lives within us, someplace in my physical being, in my soul. And the Spirit of God dwells there continually to nourish me by the love of Christ. That is, for me, the secret place. That is, that God holds me in the deepest part of me. He's got me. Body, mind, soul, spirit, He's got me. And that the more I can be Mm -hmm. aware that He is with me, that He is speaking, nurturing, transforming, encouraging, uh, shaping me to be like Christ. Christ 
lives in us and the life we now live by the flesh mm. we live by the power of Jesus Christ I mean the Bible's pretty yeah. clear about this that's the secret place yeah. and why that's fundamental yeah. is because there are some days I won't have toast and coffee in the dog you know I skip mm. devotions sometimes if I tie my secret place to a geographic place or a specific yeah. time yeah. no yeah. Uh, the secret place is within us and wherever yeah. I am and wherever you are, Jesus holds us. Uh, I love that. I love that he dwells yeah. with me in ways that I can't even begin to understand. And I think that's what Paul means when he talks about that Ephesians prayer, that you may know mm-hmm. and that you'll be filled with the fullness of God, that the eyes of your heart will be opened, that you'll understand to know that which un- is unknowable the love of God that he has for us in Jesus Christ. It's pretty powerful stuff. And I can see clearly, you know, how uh, evident this has changed and shaped your life. Uh, You know, we had lunch uh, a few months back and uh, you shared your whole story. I know you shared some of it with us today, but I'm just so inspired by what God has done. Um, You know, even through the hardship and the suffering and when you crashed and burned, uh, to see the fruit, to see the tools and resources and the blessing you have been since then and the lessons you've learned that you get to now pass on to others. I'm so grateful for your life and your ministry, Matt. We are all the workmanship of God. He is making mm-hmm. us, and he's making us in yeah. Christ Jesus. I wish he would yeah. make me faster. Some places I wish he wouldn't touch. Uh-uh. I'm the clay. You're the clay, and he's making us. And praise his name for it. Yeah. Praise God. Well, thank you so much, man, for spending time with us today. Again, I'm so sorry I'm not there, but I'm sure you would not like me to be breathing whatever I have on you. You'd be coughing germs on me, yeah. I know. Oh, I love you. I I hope you get better soon. Yeah. Thanks so much, man. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in uh, to today's episode. I know there's... um, some resources we'll give you that common we'll show you the app for the common uh, common prayer book that you can get on your phone but uh we're grateful for scott he's been such a blessing to our ministry here at in doubt and good news broadcast association of canada and so we hope you enjoyed today's episode i encourage you spend time with god alone get in the quiet place be consistent in the word and spend time with him find that secret place that deep 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 part of your soul he is there I love how Scott said the sun is always shining. Uh, That is the case uh, for your life. So would you find him wherever you are? He's there. God bless you guys. And we'll see you next week. Hopefully I will be back in person. God bless. (laughs) 